Ever binge watch an entire season in one day of your favorite TV show? Love crack cocaine? <laughs> We're talking about addictive video games, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Gifted Gamer Podcast. Uh, don't do drugs, stay in school, kids. <laughs> well said. All right, it's the Gifted Gamer Podcast, and I am joined by the two brothers themselves, Craig the Critical Nolan. How are you doing, Craig? How the hell are you, Darren? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you for asking. And Colm. Colm. Good to have you back. Thanks, Darren. Nice to be here. Um, yeah, as always, I mean, it's always good to have some knowledgeable foes to bounce my knowledge with and yes, yeah. talk I some smack. Yeah, We're, we we are the smartest trio, I think. <laughs> the smartiest. Yeah. The smartiest trio, yeah. yeah. Not uh, long. How you guys been? Pretty good, yeah. I'd say pretty good. Enjoying some games of late, you know, just doing the use, you know, doing my, uh, my bit of homework before getting on the podcast. Uh, the usual stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You enjoyed you enjoyed looking at the your most addictive games. By the way, that's what the episode today is. <laughs> I'm talking about the games that we have found most addictive in our lives. But yeah, you you were doing some nice research, Craig, getting getting back used to all those games you love playing for <laughs> hours and hours. Yeah, that's exactly it. But I'm not just gonna like name them all in no, a little intro. No, that's so. that's. I have to go. To I the, guess I won't answer your question if that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I have to go to the whole housekeeping and everything. Let's let's not uh, <laughs> let's not like you know. Spill everything so soon, mm. Colm, How are you, I mean, how are you keeping? You've been playing some games. I'm sure you've been playing uh, video games. I'm, we love video games. I, I do love video games. Yeah, I've been actually looking uh, for something to play next, and I know for a fact it won't be Final Fantasy 16. Oh damn! There's some. Mm. Oh, you're laying pew down pew. some. Yeah, some shots fired. Yes, sir. Um, I did, however, just finish Tears of the Kingdom, and I was playing till about. Oh, I started playing at like 11 last night and I was like looking at my phone periodically as I was doing the final kind of mission phase of the game and uh, like slowly before I knew it was like half one and I was just like, oh, I'm in the end credits now though, so it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I just got to go through this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, based on that Final Fantasy 16 uh, shots fired there, Craig. Yeah, well, I have to yeah, rebuttal that, yeah. So I've been playing a shit on the Final Fantasy 16 and I even cleared it and I'm on my second playthrough and it is very good darling. oh interesting because when we were having a conversation before in your house we were as we do meeting mm -hmm. up to play some smash brothers and i kind of asked you how you felt about it and you seemed quite in character you seemed quite critical about i mean i'm i'd still be critical but i mean because i only have a couple of minutes to you know say if it's good or bad i'm gonna go with the good you know and i definitely think that it's the best since 10 because 11 12 13 I didn't play 14, but it launched the disaster. And 15 were all quite bad. Um, I thought, particularly at launch, I know 15 got better, but at launch, it wasn't very good. It yeah. was very, very boring. Whereas this oh, do, you is, mean, do you mean 14? Or do you mean like... Both. Yeah, 14 uh, was an absolute shit show, and 15 was just kind of not great. Like, it wasn't fleshed out. Yeah. Uh, this feels like if it got the 15 treatment, it could be amazing, you know? So I think it's the best Final Fantasy since 10. Yeah, I mean, I had... I definitely agree. I mean, I love I love fourteen, but fourteen's a very, 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 very different game. But what I do love about sixteen is there is so much of fourteen in it. Yeah, like a lot of the things I love. I from was going to ask you about it because some of the boss fights just seem too good to have been just made up for this game. No, and like they've definitely taken the assets from somewhere. And I, I won't assumed it was fourteen. I won't do any spoilers, but I just did. Uh, there's a section in the game where you kind of get into what I would figure would be the main game. I feel I feel like I've been playing not like necessarily a tutorial for the last you know, 
eight hours, but definitely like an intro for the last eight hours. And the game is now officially opened up for me. But the boss fight I did to, to get to that point, I was like, I just feel like I'm playing an offline Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV because it's got all those AO, AOE spells and the fight kind of, I mean, like any Final Fantasy fight really, but the fight really kind of evolves as you go. The, the enemies get like, you know, they change their moveset and everything. Yeah. Love it. Music's great. And there's so many, like, so many little things, little tidbits that it just remind me so much of like the safety of Final Fantasy XIV, you know? I yep. loved it. I loved it. So that's what I've been playing recently as well. Playing 14 and... Uh, you mean 16? 16. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 16. Ooh, can't make that mistake again. Ooh. I've been playing a lot of 16 and uh, I got into recently just to kind of wind down. Like, you know, there was times where I wanted to get into 16 over the last like two weeks, but it was, you know, 10, 11 at night. And I was like, no, I need I need a good like two hour to three mm. hour section to get into some 16. So I've just been popping on some cities and skylines. Just to build some roads, have a nice little neighborhood going, that kind of stuff. But I'll talk about that more in my, you know, in our episode today about addictive games because fuck me, is Cities and Skylines addictive? But uh, before we get into that, I got to go through some housekeeping. And first and foremost, I'd like to welcome to our new, to our patrons, our newest member, Aaron. He's a legend. Aaron, welcome to the team. Good to have you on board. Thanks for joining the patron. You, you, you are the patron. You won't regret it. For all those out there who don't know, we do have a pa- patron, and it's patreon.com com forward slash the gift of gaming where you will find tons of extra content we do a post show after every episode we'll be doing one today and out there we've got exit you know extra news episodes we've got episodes where i ask the guys the question of like would they have saved ellie you know from the last of us and yeah i can't remember any of the post show episodes we've done off the top of my head i'll just like let me just look at my notes here oh oh yeah i also i also come up with a uh, cast ideas i have for films you know video game films and i give my cast to the guys they they that was a really it. cool one yeah. yeah yeah i didn't do a great i mean i i was hitting well at the start and then i Petered off that was uh, Metal Gear Solid. But if you want to listen to those episodes, uh, you go on the patreon.com for us. That's the gift of gaming. And there's no better time to join the Patreon because for the next two weeks, I'm on holidays. The podcast is on holidays. So if next Wednesday, you know, you're getting up and it's midday and you're like, God, I, I'd love to get my fix, my little, my little hook me up with some gift of gaming, it won't be there. We're on holidays. But you can get more on the Patreon. And that's enough plugging for today, guys. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, do I have anything else to add on to the... No, no, that's it. That's all I, That's all I housekeeping. We're, we're safe, we're safe, we're on the episode. So, addictive games. I kind of thought to myself when I was playing Cities and Skylines the other night, when we're kind of, what we do for this episode, I kind of thought, addictive games would be good. I'm playing one right now. And I've got a mm-hmm. list from kind of... I think the addictive games for me would have been a lot more when I was younger. I think mm-hmm. I play games to get through a story now and to kind of play a game from start to finish whereas in years gone by in my younger days i would have played games just to fucking play games do you know what i mean just to sit there for hours uh does any of you guys want to want to hit us off on your first addictive yeah. game i could go first sure no problem with that take it away um, so mine uh, and you're right like it was as kids it was just so much easier to just play long into the hours um, just for the sheer excitement. Yep. Fortunately, my mom was always aware when we'd stay up late, so that rarely happened. Like, I could never get past maybe 1 a.m. before she'd come down and lose the plot with me. She's like, great, get to bed, oh my God. <laughs> but there was a one time she didn't do that, and I really paid the price for it, and that was with uh, Final Fantasy X. Now, I didn't have a PlayStation 2 at the time. I had to borrow one from my friend Ray, and when I got it, and he had Final Fantasy X. Like, it had already been out for six months. So, like, I'd been wanting to play it and wanting to play it for ages. I'd been reading magazines like crazy, just getting all the little tidbits here and there. But 
that weekend when I played it, and I think it was just because I absolutely love the start. I think the start of every Final Fantasy game is always the best. It's where like so much is happening so quickly and without any context that you're always like, but I need to know what happens next because yep. it's always mm-hmm. just so crazy. And in this situation, it was a Sunday evening. I had school the next day. I think I started playing at like 8 p.m. And um, I'd done the bit where... It just finished the demo kind of part of the game where Oren and uh, Titus get transported to... Um, Besaid in the, fu- uh, the, f- the future? Yeah, to the... Not Xanarkand, but uh, what, what do they call Spira? Or what, what's the name of the world in Final Fantasy X? can't remember. Oh, Xanarkand is where he's from, but he gets he's trans- from Zanarkand, but he, he goes to... It's not the Vale. What's... Besaid, is it not? The Besaid Oryx? Is that not the Blitzball team? I, I just can't remember the name of the, um, the, oh. the place he shows up. But sure, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, you end up in the ocean and then the uh, the Albed save you. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah. that's what happens first. Yeah. And yeah. even then, I was just like, oh, who are these guys speaking a crazy language? And you don't know any of the language at that point. So yeah. they're just like yelling at you, you know? And then they're like, oh, okay, I'll put on a, a, a swimsuit and I'm going in the water. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, you know, what game am I playing? And then you go down and then you uncover what turns out to be an airship but you had no idea at the time and there's this cool girl who's like fighting with you and her, her name turns out to be Riku and then after that whole uh, sequence I'd say it's about 1am now you know and I'm just like oh, okay I should probably uh, finish up here but seeing attacks I'm like oh I gotta watch this you know and then out of nowhere I black out and I wake up and it's nice and sunny I'm on this amazing looking beach which in our adult days would be the perfect time to stop playing yeah I guess Uh, that probably was my segue but a a blitz ball hits you in the head and then there's this cool looking character going hey you okay and it's like Waka who we all love at this point but back then I was like who's that guy Yeah, he just hit me in the head with that ball from that sport that was in the opening cutscene which looked awesome so I have to like see what's up with that you know and then I go over and he's like oh you know Blitzball and like my character lights up because this is the first time he's ever like he kind of has a link to from where he is from because he's actually seeing other people play Blitzball now which is from his own time so it's kind of crazy to him. He's like, okay, something I can relate to. So I'm still playing and I'm playing. I got, I got to see what this Walker guy is up to, you know? And he's like, come on back to the village. And I'm like, okay, I'll stop at the village, you know? But he keeps running ahead of me and I have to fight all these monsters. And I'm just like, oh man, you know, I just want to get to the village. And then as soon as we get to the village, we're greeted by all these townspeople. I'm like, you know what? This is a really cool game, you know? And then he's like, oh, we got a problem. The summoner hasn't come out of the temple yet. And I'm like, oh, man, I got I I to find out. I got to save the summoner, like, you know? And so I go through, and I'm like, I'll just go into the temple. The summoner will come out, and then I'll turn it off. But then you go into this, the temple, and then there's this big, massive bunch of puzzles you have to solve to get through the temple. And I had no idea that that was going to come. And I haven't looked at my phone in ages, so I'm just going through, I'm going through. And just as you get to the end of the puzzle, the door opens, and Yuna pops out. And just, that's, a, that's a big cutscene bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big cutscene yeah, in CG. Yeah, yeah. And she's got one blue eye, one green eye. She's looking pretty hot. And I'm just like, oh my God, who is this? <laughs> so I have to keep playing again. She's like, I've done it. I've become a summoner. And it just... So that was the story, and I don't think I turned it off there. I think I finally turned it off where they got on the boat to Killica. And I was Jesus like, okay, I've done the same. So what time did you go to bed at then? I think it was about 4 a.m. And again, Ooh. was it even me who chose? I'm pretty sure my mom came down and roared at me because it was like a Sunday evening and I had to get up for school in like three hours. Uh-huh. Oh, grim. So would, Final Fantasy X then, was that a game that you just couldn't, 
You I couldn't pull it down um, because it was just, I never knew what was going to happen next. Do you know what I mean? In most games, it's kind of like, okay, you're at your base and then they give you a mission and then you go off and do it. And after that mission, you're back at your base. But in the Final Fantasy games, generally, it's, it's a continuous story where you're going from place to place to place and you don't have that kind of base of operations mm -hmm. or just a, a menu screen just telling you where to go. With this, you could be anywhere at any time. And it's really just like watching a great TV show. You're just along for the ride. And like, yeah. because the episodes don't end, it's like, well, then how am I supposed to stop? <laughs> and Final Fantasy X, in terms of like six to seven, was a massive graphical upgrade. Mm. And nine to ten. But nine to ten was a, was a massive upgrade. Yeah, big time. Like huge, mm. yeah. you know? So as, as, as kids get that And voice acting. Yeah. Like, oh. mm. yeah. Which was hit and miss at times. Well, I game. loved it. I'd even go back and say that the voice acting in ten is better than the voice acting in sixteen. Because at least the characters are comical, you know, and like they, they feel like like funny characters and their their personality comes across. Whereas everyone in sixteen has a bland face and looks identical and sounds identical. You know, I preferred ten where you had a crazy walk up and like, Hey, you okay? Like his voice for me matched his kind of crazy style. It, it was know? a bit more a video game. You know? It was a bit more a video game, I'll give you that. Sixteen might take itself a bit too but like seriously. Like Oren is just unbeatable. Oh, you know? He's the coolest character in that game. Yeah. And his voice, man. His Holy voice shit. is, is yeah. perfection, yeah. like, you know? Whereas everyone says in FF sixteen, Sid is the best character, but his voice is atrocious. I see, and this is where we'll have to we'll have to agree to disagree on this. Everyone love, online goes love, nuts over his yeah, voice. I and I'm like, yeah, but if you'd seen him in as much shows as I have, you wouldn't be able to get his face out of your head. And he does not look anything like Sid. But I guess that's, I mean, yeah, I suppose, <laughs> I don't think generally speaking as a rule, voice actors, when they're voice acting a character, especially like an animated character, video game character, are, are chosen because they look like the person they're not they're chosen, playing. but they should. You know? That's, mm. you know, Sid, that's a terrible idea. But no, I think Sid's voice is, he's a guy who sounds like he smokes, you know, 40 packs of cigarettes a day. And it's nothing but gravel, and I love it. Like you know, I love it for the guy. It's gravel, like, but he should have fucking wrinkles all over his face if that's the case. Yeah. And he's portrayed as an old man, which he does. Anyway, don't want to get off topic there. But Final Fantasy Ten, yes, yeah, stayed up till four a.m. on a school night, so mm. that was a really uh, bad one. It was a very good game, and I remember like also maybe not staying up that late playing it, but I do remember when a point in the game you can go recruit people for your blitzball team when that became an option. I didn't look up anything back then. I would have just traveled around and tried to recruit everybody. Just like, yeah. will you be on my blitzball team? The the best thing I did, so I, that's a funny one, actually. I, I'm surprised I didn't put that on my list, but I don't know if I would I didn't. I, I only decided as you asked me. I was, no, <laughs> just I because that story popped into my head, and I was like, oh, I guess I, I have that. to put it on. So I played a f an absolute buttload of blitzball in that game. We had a save mm. slot where um, I was on my brother's save slot, Graham's save slot, and we were trying to get, so you get like a, a jack shot or some, this, yeah, in the, the tournament, jack the jack shot, you get like an absolute, like the end, like the best shot you can, I think. Jack so shot I, mark uh, three, three, I think it is. Yeah. And you have to, it's randomized, so any time you get the tournament, it's like it might not be there as the first prize each time. So I just played tons of blitzball until I got this opportunity. But what I did was, I went and immediately rebuilt the, Besaid Oryx. I didn't go for anybody else. I had Datto. I had Keeper. I had Lenny. Lemmy. Can't remember. Mm. Um, and it's a long pass from Lenny. Uh, yeah. Jasu. Walker. I can think of them all. Like you know. But I had it so that 
like Datto was absolutely crap at the beginning. Yeah, his past was atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. But you can, and, and I think it's it's done like that, which is actually very, very clever. Datto ended up becoming an unbelievable player. He had all these uh, really, really cool shots very early, like Venom shot mm-hmm. and Sleep shot. So then when I was playing Blitzball, you just put half the t- I get down, uh, you know, I'd actually get Datto to pass past the opposition so they get put to sleep. And I'm like, okay, now just the swim to go. Like I had it down to a T. But playing through that as the Besaid Orcs, and I actually took Titus off the team. I was like, no, Waka is my because I think when you get to a certain point in the game you when can you get the airship you can yeah, get Waka you can yeah, get yeah. Waka so I was like I'm absolutely having Waka Titus you're off the team you're not an original member of the Besaid Orcs but I had them and I went and won the tournament and got the Jexa Mark 3 with them and I played so much Blitzball yeah, in that yeah, game same. Was, that's great but the Sphere Grid as well like that's the kind of thing the end game I thought of Final Fantasy X is probably one of the most addictive of any of the Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. I'd uh, say so as well. The Dark mm-hmm. Aeons being incredibly difficult to beat meant that you kind of did have to break through, like in any classic Final Fantasy. You had to usually. completely rethink how you played the game yes. and whether to beat them. You were just like, okay, I'm definitely missing something yeah. here. Yeah, you had to change your stats, or not your change your strategy, but then also you had to break everything. So you had to break the HP limit, you had to break the damage limit, which we all are familiar with as being 9999 nine, nine, nine in any Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I got to a stage where I'd have Titus doing a normal attack and he's knocking off 13, 14,000 damage. I'm like, oh, baby, like, I'm good Look at this at game. numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it did. It kind of became like a bit of a numbers game for me and I found that such an addictive gameplay loop towards the end of the game because like I said, I think Kev, um, Kev Brennan, who's, who came on for our, our Final Fantasy VII trailer episode, mm-hmm. he has always said that the end game in ten is one of his absolute favorite end games in anything that and 15 i never really got into the yeah, end game i think 15. the sphere grid makes it because there's just so much flexibility and like going on different routes you know having characters learn like Oren's moves if it's walking and you're just yeah. so excited to see what that would look like and yeah, shit. yeah 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 absolutely good choice i like that i wouldn't have i think i've kind of gone down and we'll see in my list a little bit of a different route in terms of well, I'm only going to list the games that actually did keep me up at night. Not yeah, ones yeah. that would keep me up at night. Games that did, did. keep me up Very at night. Very good. Callum, what, what would have been... What, what's, when, I, when you think of addictive games, what's one of the first ones that comes to your mind? Mm, That's well, a very I, different question. I have <laughs> a lot in my little arsenal here, ready to kind of get thrown out there. A few honorable mentions and whatnot. Yep. But uh, I'll start off with one that I know for a fact that we've all played. And it just has one of my favorite kind of gameplay loops. Uh, it's lacking a little bit of story, but... Otherwise, it's pretty much a perfect game. And that game is Monster Hunter Rise. Rise. Interesting. (laughs) Yep. Very interesting. I I played World with you guys on the PlayStation uh, back in the day. And I think when we uh, transitioned to Rise and then you guys went back to play Bloodborne, my transition back to... Iceborne. Iceborne. (laughs) What did I say? Bloodborne? Bloodborne. (laughs) (laughs) My transition back to Iceborne was just... It was so difficult, yes. and like compared to the fluidity and the movement and stuff, I can actually Rise, remember. Uh, it was quite funny. All of us online playing it. It was me, Craig, and I think Kev gushing about yeah. being back on World, and you just. Well, being I wasn't on the line. quite gushing yeah. because the boss that he quit on also wrecked me, yes. and like I just barely beat him. Like that fucking annoying shark thing. Yeah, and like, like it took because I was so I wasn't used to the game. The difficulty was still high. Like I was hitting it very rarely because I couldn't even 
chase after it. Like I didn't know the controls. It yeah. was awful. And I nearly ran out of the, the time on the 50 minutes. Yeah. And if I had ran out of the time, there's no way I would have done it. And that again. was that was one of the best improvements because like I, I thought that was quite funny that me and Kev were there being like, this game fucking rocks my socks. Rise was great. And then having you on be like, come get back in here. We're going to go through the whole thing. You're like, dudes, this game sucks. And yeah. it is funny because the transition from Worlds, you know, on the PS4 to Rise, Rise is a much more arcadey version mm-hmm. of Monster in all of the best ways. And I just in terms of gameplay loop, it has everything the other game has, but maybe more kind of fun aspects to it. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe Monster Hunter World is far more of a serious kind of game. It's far more grind. Rise sure. is yeah. far more kind of fun and adventurous. Uh, the only downside is maybe the internet connection. I can't remember if that was the downer or if that was actually. Not I think too bad. Uh, no. I think well, well, with Nintendo, it's always a downer. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's a good one because it was. I mean, I pumped. That's probably the most amount of hours I've pumped into a game in the shortest period of time. Yeah, big C- time. Because I remember too. I picked. I know up, we all four of us played. Yeah, I picked <laughs> up Kev from the airport from New Zealand, and he was coming back, but he had to quarantine because it was in the the middle of COVID. And I brought him down to his family home on Roscommon. The two of us hunkered down there for two weeks so he could isolate. And literally all we did was put fire in the, like logs in the fireplace and sit down and play Monster to Rise with you guys up in Dublin for like days. And I mean literal. Like, I mean, I remember there was one point I kept looked over at me. I had the two Joy-Cons off my Switch and was lying down on the couch with my hands behind my head, just like playing the game in a total like slouch slot position, being like, this game is the greatest thing ever. Like... Oh man, it's so fun. And like the the basic principle for anyone at home listening is uh, you go hunt monsters, uh, start off with something light, something easy. You kill that monster, then you carve it or you capture it or you do something to the monster where you get its resources. You then bring them resources to like uh, somebody in your town or your village and they will let you craft weapons or armor so you can basically power yourself up to then go on and hunt something bigger and better. And as that progresses throughout the game, you end up looking awesome and you also can like mess around with your stats, your skills, like some armor pieces might like make you paralyzed, which is my preference if I'm yeah. saying. Uh, I'm, I'm a long sword user with all the like paralysis build that is how i love to play and, that game and playing with you like playing on your team when we'd go out to hunt a monster together having that like where every like five or six minutes the monster just got paralyzed was the most satisfying thing ever <laughs> like i'm getting wrecked and i get that moment of like i, I to breathe because you've just paralyzed it again mm. such a good thing to have when you've got like three or four people on a quest and one person is just like you know yeah. the dps like, master and like in that game you have so many builds you can choose from and it's great like um i don't really mess around with too many of the other ones i have tried but i'm just not very good with them mm. the good thing about the long sword is like you can it's just universal you can play the one player totally on your own and and win whereas maybe if you have like the bow gun you know if something starts charging you you're, you're fucked like yeah. <laughs> like you gotta get the hell out and, of there and for us, I think that game was so addictive because it was like playing an anime. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. To the point where I was just calling out my attacks, yeah, like yeah. screaming it from my lungs, like <laughs> yeah. as I was doing. Naming it, like, some of your moves because that. Uh, you just reminded me there with the bow gun. There, there was this because you got these cool. I can't remember what they were called. But you got these, each uh, weapon had a special move because you would use like a bug's string shot mm-hmm. to, to give these bonus moves. And the bow gun was that I'd fire to the other side of like the battlefield. And you'd do this cool swing around the level while you could still fire your gun. And there were so many times where I was being charged by a monster 
and I do it to like get out of the way and I should have like recorded so much of that footage and just like put it into slow motion yeah. with like uh-huh. the Attack on Titan music playing behind it or something you know it was so yeah it was so good I have hundreds of videos on my Switch with just Monster Hunter moments so I went oh my god and I hit record I never thought like on the on the PlayStation I'm good for that but I never think to I'll take screenshots on the Switch all the time but never I just never think that it actually does the video. The, it's like, what, 15 or 30 seconds? It does video? 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was only after you guys, like, we were playing Monster Hunter, and I was just like, oh, man, I wish I could record these. And someone was just like, hold the button. That's and as soon I as said. they told yeah. <laughs> I can't tell them to hold the button. As, like, now, just from Monster Hunter, I have over 100 videos of just, Amazing. Like, yeah. like, knocking a monster in a cool way and be like, oh, I have to save that, you know? Good choice, because I, I, funny, I, you know, for the post-show, which I've got a question to ask you guys in, um... I was going through some certain games and I came across Monster Hunter World and Rise while I was doing it. And even at that point, it never crossed my mind to be addictive games. But I like Monster Hunter Rise was one of the easiest games ever to pick up on the Switch. And even if we weren't playing with you guys, for me, just hop into a quest because it's it's designed so well that it's literally like there's so many quick buttons when you go to a chest to replenish your items. Boom, done. Mm-hmm. Everything's back up to full and you're good to go out on a quest. And I played it so much that I was so like, I'd literally go, go here, get this, take this out of the chest, eat that food, here we go. Yeah. And that was like my loop every time. Yeah. And each monster was different, but like it has such a draw to be like, I want new shiny things each time. Like, but I'm know. convinced every Monster Hunter will probably be better than the previous going forward because it's one of those games where they're actually trying to perfect it as they go. They're not like FIFA just deleting something old and then putting something new yeah. in and wanting you to buy it every year. Yeah. They're perfecting the game with each iteration. And like, like now in the next game, we're definitely going to have Palamutes. You know, like that's just a, like a God given, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like no matter um, how good the graphic or bad the graphics are, we are going to have dogs that we can ride now. That's just the staple. Yeah, and they're just awesome. going to keep adding things like that to each game to the point where mm-hmm. it's just really, really fun. It already is. But yeah. Yeah. I was going to quickly just throw out there like yeah. what I think distinguishes Rise apart from the other ones is not just the Palamutes, which are very cool. Like a, a dog that has a saddle that you can ride on. That's yeah. fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Um, great mobility and stuff like that. But the main thing is the silk bind attacks. Yeah, that's, like the that's silk just, yeah. bind attacks are what makes that game like an anime. <laughs> yeah, like, just your, your your movement immediately from world to rise became vertical. Yeah. Like in yeah. in, in worlds, <laughs> you were you were vertical, you, you fought everything on the horizontal. If you played like the me with the insect lay, if you were yeah. vertical all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. The vertical plane. Yeah. But that was, you're, you're playing horizontally in, in, in world the whole time and then rise came out and all of a sudden the maps were just so tall and you could go so high. Mm-hmm. And, you could yeah. run up walls, classic anime oh, style. Oh, like, man. I felt like I was Neo, you know, <laughs> yeah. the Matrix. That's a fine choice, Colm. I can't believe I didn't think of that. And when I think of Monster Hunter as a game in general, over the course of all of the series of Monster Hunter games, that's definitely what I put the most amount of hours into. Which is your favorite of the two? I, th- I, still, I debate it constantly. I do debate it constantly. I think Rise has huge quality of life improvements that make it hella fun to play. But, and I'm surprised this because, you know, me in my 30s now doesn't really enjoy games that have too much of a grind. But in Monster Hunter World, graphically that game looks beautiful, but the grind in that is a really satisfying... I like, so. I mean, we, we and Andrew talked about, um, when we did our episode, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the best bosses. And on both our lists was the Fatalis yeah. from Monster Hunter uh, World. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the greatest boss I've ever fought. Yes. Like, you know, and only because we fought him... 
hundreds of times, times and lost every yeah. time. <laughs> and, and it, you know, I, I think what really stands to that game is it never really frustrated me that we lost. The, the game is designed to be so much fun to play mm-hmm. that even though we kept losing, every time we got a little... Not every time. Sometimes we got it worse. But most times <laughs> we got better yeah. at it. And I think that's the whole point. To of the point Hunter. where, like, after our 50th attempt, like, it looked like... And I know Rise is the anime, but we looked like anime fighters fighting the Fatalis, like, you know, because we had his move set down to a T. Yeah. I was able to do, like, jumping attacks over his flames, you know, we were just, we had it down. It yeah. was just one hit KO. We so. have, I've got this great, uh, this great video on my PlayStation 5, I think, when we were, because we got playing it so much, but I didn't realize that he's got this cool, the Fatalis is this cool flamethrower move that he kind of just did a standard, but if you got caught in it, it would just constantly take down your health until you died. But I realized that the charge blade, when you had it charged, could if you took it out and took out the shield part of it and put it in front of you, the flames wouldn't hit you. It actually acted like a shield. And there's this cool bit where and like and I wish we had the I keep forgetting to change the settings that you can actually hear people's mics, you know, yeah. when you're playing with friends. But I remember when I was doing that, Andrew was like, I'm dead, I'm dead. And we only had maybe one faint left. And Andrew I was like, Andrew, get behind me. And I <laughs> stood there with the shield and I could see him diving out of the flame to like roll in behind me. And I was like, this game is so cool. Like, you know. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm really excited for whatever the next iteration. I mean, imagine a PS5 Monster Hunter. Oh, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. A fine choice, Colin. I'm kind of jealous that I didn't think of that myself. <laughs> uh, mine's kind of a bit more basic, and it's well, no, I say basic. Uh, I think I put a lot of hours into this game and I think there's a lot of people out there that would agree with me who are probably still playing it. It's off my list of games now because for my own health, I needed to stop playing the game because I just dump hours into it. But Minecraft. Oh, Minecraft okay, yeah. absolutely hooked me. And I, and I think I, I got into it at just the right time. Uh, like I'd started college and college, I'd say it was stressful in inverted commas. It was just different. I was going out and not really going to class as much as I should have and stuff like that. But be- I wasn't going to class because <laughs> me and Lauren would go up to our friend Andy's house and we'd play Minecraft till like 3, 4 a.m. And I, we would sit there and it was like, like, like that game where it, it, Minecraft isn't an overly social game. It's like you're in your own head. You're being creative yourself. But we'd sit there till 4 a.m., hardly say a word to you. Every now and again, you'd be like, cup of tea? Oh, yeah. yeah, That's yeah such yeah. a great atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> and just sit there and just like absorb. And sometimes we'd put on like nice kind of like chill hop playlists in the background and then just, just play through the game. But we had this, and it was so satisfying. There's two great memories I have from Minecraft. And one of them was when we got, we got really into this world in, on Andy's Xbox. And uh, myself, himself, and Lauren uh, built it all up. So I was working on this cr- project called the Great Western Railway. So we had, like, Andy had started his village over here. Uh, one of my favorite things ever to do in Minecraft was find the nearest village with villagers, like those NPC characters, and protect them. So, like, at night, I'd make sure the place was fenced off. And once it was fenced off and they were safe, I'd help them build the village up into, like, a metropolis. <laughs> but one of my big projects was building uh, a railway that would connect that village to Andrew's place, to Lauren's project, which was she was trying to recreate Hogwarts. And I remember even thinking back on it, I, I hope Andy still has that save file because it looked amazing. You know, it had this great big... Because what was so satisfying is we never played it on creative mode. You could play it on creative mode or survival mode. And we always played survival, which oh, meant shit. that so you had every... To find the resource. We had to had, find so. every resource and mine everything. So when we looked at it, it was like that was built from the sweat and, you know, <laughs> blood and tears of us. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't do the creative mode. But we get lost in hours and hours of it. And one of the best kind of online multiplayer experiences that I had in video games was our friend Danny Costello set up a Minecraft server on PC. And I don't even ever been playing it on PlayStation. But I was like, yeah, I'll get on the PC thing. And there was about 12 of us that hopped onto the server. 
and we found an area and we all built our own separate things you know in it like again i kind of went for this kind of big railway system that would connect everybody because that was my thing like a transport <laughs> system i love that in minecraft you know and then um you know our friend john built this massive farm and ranch and people were just building their own cool designed houses and we had this massive community and the cool thing about the server was it was always on so sometimes i'd finish up in college and i go back home and i just pop on i'm gonna do a little bit of work on the rail- railway myself and i'd hop in and lo and behold it's like five or six people already in there <laughs> I put the headphones on have the chats you know we just go about doing things but that server was great because we spent ages building everything. And then at one point we said, do, do you want to try and finish Minecraft? And I was like, you you can finish the game? They're like, yeah, yeah, you need to get these eyes from Endermen who will guide you to a, a portal somewhere on the map that makes you fight the Ender Dragon. And I remember we spent ages like, you know, it was like the montage thing from uh, South Park when they're playing World of Warcraft. We were just like, you know, beating on pigs and boars just trying to like level up ourselves so we could like magic up our armor and go down into... You have to go down into the nether, which is this like horrible fiery place with pigmen. It's actually quite quite scary. And then you get whatever items you need from that to then get to the portal to fight the ender dragon. And the ender dragon is just in this cool like other universe and it's a dragon that flies around and all 12 of us in our little mind <laughs> our little steve looking characters ran in there to take down this. Uh, it was really cool because I because it was on PC uh, you could mod characters a little bit and I had a Cloud Strife skin nice. on my Steve. Now again, I'm very much a pixelated blocky, but I was like, yeah, I'm Cloud Strife. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. But we go in and we fought this Ender Dragon and we beat it and I got a credit roll and I was like, wow, that was amazing. Like, and that was just so much fun because, you know, I finished Minecraft with all these people. This is so so good. And then our friend Danny who set up the server was like, wait, there's more. There's a Nether Dragon. And I was like, oh, what's this? And he was like, well, there's a way you can summon it. So we went back, we finished it. <coughs> We finished the game. We went back to our village. A couple of people logged off, but a few of us stayed on. And I was like, how do you do it? He's like, I'll show you. So we just dug a hole really deep underneath our village. And he was like, I think you set this up here. I think you did this here. I think if you click a fire here. And he summoned a nether dragon underneath our village. And because they immediately have to rise, he destroyed the, the dragon destroyed <laughs> everything and my last memory of that server is all of us panicking with a dragon flying over everything we created which is now open flames and me being like well that's me finished folks because <laughs> it destroyed everything it ruined everything Dan did that on purpose I, 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 I guarantee so. he, he did, did that on yeah. purpose he was, he was a person who one of the funniest <laughs> things he did in that server was our friend John who was building this cool ranch logged in one day and we all got onto our discord chat we were chatting away and John was like who filled my ranch or my house with TNT and <laughs> Like I ran up to him and the whole, every room in the house was filled with TNT and you could see this like redstone little path like Steve does in um, Smash Brothers. This red path to a platform that Danny's Steve was just standing nearby and like, don't make me do it, John. And then John got livid with him and like, don't you dare. I've spent so much of this. And of course, Danny being a shitster just like stepped over to the left of and blew his entire house up. Oh yeah, I have such good memories of playing Minecraft. Friendships could oh. be destroyed. Oh, people like were people were livid. It was a thing where like I didn't come back on for a couple of days. I was like, I let the heat die down before <laughs> I before I joined back. But yeah, pumped lots of time into Minecraft. Really addictive game, but the kind of game that you could just sit out, sit down, and just absolutely like one hundred percent shut off for and just exactly. just build. Yeah, and like uh, that that's like server not server that Danny had but the one that Andy had um on his PlayStation or his uh, Xbox mm-hmm. um I was on that same map which is so I was building a a castle 
he kept calling of it course. a dojo. A dojo, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, yeah. that. You had it on top of the mountain, didn't yeah. you? And um, I was also going to like bring that in earlier, but uh, the other thing is that because it's on survival, like the outside of mine was like, it looked like, you know, the real material, but the inside was all muck and dirt. <laughs> it was just like, there was no real, like it was just a veneer of resources. Yeah, it was just <laughs> like pure, like this is all for looks. There's yeah. no real uh, anything here worth the exactly. value. Like, yeah. yeah, great game. Lots of hours pumped into Minecraft, but it's a game I often think back on and say no no i never i never will for my own health and safety i can never turn back I to that you. game nice craig what about what else you got um another game that kept me oh i have to tell this one just because it was a really really dark day in my life and um yeah it's entirely because of xenoblade chronicles um a game i absolutely loved when i got this is a game that came out for the wii in like i don't know 2014 or something like that okay but the like the Xbox and the PlayStation, they're all at their end of their life cycle. And this was still like a Wii game, you know? So it graphically, by the time I got it, it was a brand new game. But graphically, it looked like it was from 2002, 2003. Yep. Like, Thanks, Nintendo. And yet I'm playing it like 10, 15 years later. Yeah. Um, but the open world in that game was absolutely sensational. Like just big, massive biomes. Um, like the world is basically a giant monster. And you are on top of this giant monster. And basically like... The whole world is basically just moss, you know, like growing out of this monster. So anytime you're on the world map, you can see like the arms or the body or, you know, oh, like just look, cool. looking massive in the background. Yeah. Like most of the game takes place on the Bionis' knee, which is just like a big open area because that's where like the sun reaches land, you know, like yeah, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so this is one of those games where I was like, okay, this is uh, this is really cool, really concept. cool you know. Yeah. And in the opening hours, like you're attacked by all these robots and like they kill nearly everyone. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on here? So again, just like with my previous one, I was hooked like and I couldn't stop playing to the point where um it was it was a really summery day, Darren. It was about four a.m. Oh. and I had the windows open because of the heat, like you know. But the sun was starting to come in, so I had to pull down the blinds. <laughs> you see where no, this is going? No, Craig, no, don't tell me you did it. Uh, so I was in my front room because I didn't have my Wii set up in my bedroom at the time. So it's about seven a.m. and I've been playing for about ten hours straight. Amazing. Um, I was just going through, trying to upgrade my, my town, my village, because um, there's so much you can upgrade, so much you can do. It's yeah. just one of those old school RPGs, very much like Final Fantasy, but like you actually run around and move, even though it's turn-based, but you can move your characters around. Yeah. Kind of like 12, but not crap. You know? um, <laughs> like there was fun moves and abilities <laughs> yeah, to yeah. do. Like, you know? So I've been playing this for hours and hours, and I was like, all right, 7 a.m., I'm in work at 12, so I'm going to go to bed. But the blinds were down. So I didn't realize the window behind the blinds was wide open. So I went straight to bed and then came down around half 11, you know, to get ready for work. And it's just, the room is empty. And I'm just like, what's going on? What happened here? And then I look and I see that the window is open. And I'm like, oh my God, I left the window open last oh, night. Oh, I forgot about this. And <laughs> my house had been broken into and they stole my Xbox, all my games took my car keys and then got away with my car and loads of my stuff. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. Oh, you poor man. And that was because I was staying up really late playing Xenoblade Chronicles. So like, when you, you know? when you look at, oh no, when you look at Xenoblade Chronicles now, do you like, do you still have a soft spot for the I game? I think it was worth it. Like it was so good. <laughs> oh, it was just, no. it, it's such a great game that I, I, there was no animosity towards it at all. I didn't like, oh damn you Xenoblade, curse you monolith, you owe me a lot of money. But, 
it was just a lesson learned. I was stupid, but the game was excellent. And yeah, I don't yeah. regret staying up that late to play it because the loop is just so good. The story's so good. And like I said with the Final Fantasy, you just never knew where it was going to go next. And it was a really, really great character. It's really good story. Great gameplay loop. Great massive biomes. It was just a game I couldn't put down. And I should have. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> my God. Lesson learned there, Of folks. my housemates. Yeah. I felt good because... Um, the two people I live with, none of their stuff had been stolen. Pretty much like the front room was like, I put my TV, my PlayStation in. So they cleared me out completely. So I didn't feel... So for, for your mistake, only you suffered. <laughs> yes. Okay. So at least that was something. Well, well, I actually suffered slightly by proxy because... What was it? The Xbox that got stolen? The Xbox and my PlayStation 3. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it might have been the PlayStation then. But one of the consoles that got stolen had my Mass Effect 3 um, save file on it. Oh, no. So I was about like... Oh, no, you're safe. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I was punished by proxy because That's of bullshit. your I lost bullshit. like all of my Xbox 360 and PlayStation <laughs> games. Like, and he so lost the save The real battle. loser here, I think, yeah, we can all agree, was column. <laughs> Oh no! So lesson learned, folks. If you're playing games all night, close your fucking windows. Or play on the second floor. (laughs) I forgot, man. I'm so sorry. But but you 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 think it was you were happy? It was worth it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just so much fun, and it was such a great game. But the next few days were rough, you know. and my trust in people shaking, you know, type of, of course, thing. Like, yeah, you know, I can't believe. But it was mad because I went to bed at seven a.m. I'd stayed up so late that I'm wondering if he even like went to break in and saw me and then came back later. You know? <laughs> because he would come after it's that, like you know. But I suppose maybe he saw me, saw how sleep deprived I looked, and was like, "He's on his last a, leg," and he might have been watching me for hours. Yeah. And know? he's like, "It's only a matter of minutes before and I looked he's at done. the screen." At least I must have made him wait hours. My Xenoblade you know is what? great. You know what, Craig? He was probably having a look in the window and said, "God, that game looks great. I want mm, it." Yeah. You that's know? probably like what you. he did. Yeah. And if that's the case, I don't mind. Like, I mean, that's you know? a pretty hope, addictive hope game. If you're gonna, you know, break into someone's house yes. to rob him. <laughs> but but if anyone hasn't played Xenoblade, I mean, X is terrible. Two is supposedly good, and Three has gotten rave reviews. But for a game series that looks like it came out 30 years ago, like it's absolutely excellent the amount of work and the amount of stuff they've pulled off, particularly on a Switch where like you can compare it to something like Pokemon and go, okay, mm-hmm. like look at these terrible graphics. And then you have an open world Xenoblade that is bigger than most open worlds well, to yeah. this day. Like, you know, that's and just game freak being jerks yeah you know? i put it into that but if they're fucking up then these guys aren't yeah yeah up. big time the opposite time. end of the spectrum like you know so fair play the monolith games and xenoblade chronicles is a great game so colin did you play any game that was so addictive you got robbed mm, uh, <laughs> let me think about that for a second <laughs> <laughs> yes actually <laughs> um i don't think i ever got robbed for playing games i don't think i've been well i've had it's an unusual stolen, c- circumstance it is an unusual gaming. circumstance um yeah no not, not for me. <laughs> so what's your next game, Colin? Oh, you didn't get game. robbed for. Um, okay, well, I actually have one that I kind of wanted to talk about, but I don't know if any users have played it. So I'm going to just mention it. And if you haven't played it, I'll skip it and go to a game that I don't care if you've played or not. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, have any of you ever played Prototype? No. Oh, wait, <laughs> hang on. Is Prototype the one where the guy had the... Oh, uh... I'll give you, like, so the main character, he is basically a combination of The Thing yes. from the movie The Thing. Yes. Uh, the T-1000 from Terminator yeah. 2, and maybe The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, because he has, <laughs> I remember him having this, um like, sword for an arm type yeah. thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. I have played Prototype. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Andrew well, had it. I can yeah. talk about that then. Okay, that is, for me, um like, one of those games that came out, like, maybe near the leaving cert for us, so like 2009 yes. or yeah. something. 
Um, really, really fun game. Basically, it opens up with like, you know, the main characters, like some amnesiac and you wake up in a morgue and you're just like, what the hell's going on? So, you know, you escape the morgue. Everyone's freaking out when they see you because you're meant to be dead. Uh, and then the army starts shooting at you. Yeah, the main character goes down to the ground and then he just, you know, he's like, oh, gets back up and they're like, what the fuck? Shoot him again! And he just like looks at a wall and it's fucking like, you know, 20 feet high. He's just like, fuck it. It just jumps, it goes right over the wall. And then from there, you just play the game. And it's like, okay, now get the fuck out of this base. Yeah. And it's just people shooting at you. And then as you progress through this game, like this is just a tutorial, but uh, you run up and some guy like like shoots you in the back of the head. Uh, you go down in the cutscene and then they're like, yeah, I'm after neutralizing the target. He's over here. And then like as he's on the like, you know, radio to his boss, like, the main character just stands back up behind him, walks over. And then this like organism that is him, he's like a, a viral fucking entity now, like the thing. And he just absorbs this character into him kind of by accident. It just it just happens, yeah. And as it does, he gets this person's memories, their uh, appearance, all this kind of stuff. And like, as soon as like he absorbs him, he's still in his normal shape. And then like another character, like another soldier, walks around the corner, and then he morphs into the person he just absorbed. Mm-hmm. And he has his memories. He knows codes and shit like that. And the game goes basically like from that onwards. Like it's a mixture of like stealth, um, random GTA violence. Like you, there's no cars, but you are a fucking tank. You, you can, can you can run so. Fast you run so jump. fast like a spider-man like spider-man was actually on my list too the marvel one but um like you run up buildings jump glide fly and the good thing about it is like in spider-man when you r- jump from the highest building in the game and then go all the way down to the ground you land but you don't break the road in this everything has fucking weight you know like yeah. when you jump and land the fucking the whole street blows up there's all these infected people running around who are also infected but what is affected you but they're like you know trolls they, or whatever as strong as you exactly are. they don't have your potential mm-hmm. um but the game just goes from there and you're just fighting a mixture of soldiers like the soldiers are the bad guys and they're just trying to fucking nuke and burn everything that has this virus in it you're just some guy who's like you know whatever about the main plot point but you're just some guy caught in the middle who gets infected army are trying to destroy it the infected don't really mind you. They're like, just they'll fuck everything else up. And you're just this kind of person who's fighting the infected, fighting the military, trying to figure out answers. And as you're doing it, you are just obliterating everything. Like you come across a monstrous beast with like a big blade, absorb it. Now you got a big blade. Yeah, you come that's, across- what I, that's what I yeah. remember the most from the game is getting that blade because that there was nothing more satisfying and like was quite refreshing. I, I don't think games do that as much now as they might've done back in the, like the early 2000s where you play as this kind of big badass who can do just about everything. That's yes. usually what who you fight. Yeah. It is. You, know? <laughs> you are nearly invincible in this game. And there's so many little thrall zombie things running around. And they're just like HP for you. Because you just grab them and absorb them straight away. Cut into them with your, like, your wolverine claws. Mm. Your big solid blade. Your big rock fists. And like you know aerial attacks and all this different stuff within the game. It's so fun. But I mean like... I don't know why it never really took off because there is a second one and the second one's great. I could talk about that another time. But like just the gameplay loop of the first one, like you upgrade your skills, you beat a big massive monster, absorb it. Now you've got his abilities kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just, oh. I think it so did fun. bad out of the fact that Infamous came out the exact yeah. same time. And yeah, they're did. both very, very similar games. Yeah. So it's kind of like splitting their sales yeah. in two which almost. is mad as well because like i think i had the xbox and infamous was like a playstation game so i at the time i didn't have a playstation 3 so i got um a prototype and mm. i thought it was fucking brilliant so tough to play it so like enjoyed the 
second one as well. And then with Infamous, I never played Infamous 1 because I didn't have it at the time. Infamous 2 I played and I was like, this game is kind of shit. It doesn't, it's definitely not this as entertaining, at least for me. If someone said to me, all right, Darren, you've got the choice of playing Prototype. I only played one or Infamous 2, I'd always, and I played both of them, I'd always pick Prototype because it was nice. just so much more, it mm. was, like, it reminds me of like the video games I played when I was younger and they're just there to be fun. Like, yeah. like narratively, it's not challenging. Uh, and enemy-wise and sort of that, it's not overly, it was never overly challenging. It was just you kicking ass. Yeah. But that opening game. that he said, like, of, like, you morphing into someone else. Yeah. I, that's usually always the villain who does that. Yes. So if that had happened to me in the game, I'd have lost my shit, and, like, that would have got me going, like, Because you, you love a good villain. I love a good villain. <laughs> so, like, if you get to be him, it's just, it's so cool getting that role flip in a video yeah. game. Because too often, you're just the honest-to-God exactly. person. You know? And like I said, you know, playing as someone who is very powerful right from from the get-go is mm. very rare in a game you know and like, I, I know you get better in prototype mm. but starting off and like starting off you have that like when you go out and outside the city you're straight up you can just fuck about in the place like right from yeah. the get-go and that's a really sometimes you don't want difficulty you just want everyone to know that you are way more powerful than everyone yeah. else like i don't want to be gunned down i want to wreck everything, everything. Yeah. and i think as a game for me prototype came out at like when i was like you said it was a leave insert ish game i think i might have played it in like fourth or fifth year at the time and i was at the perfect age to play the absolute crap out of that game yeah. like i just that's all i wanted i was like well i got homework to do um so this game's a really easy one for me to play in the meantime like yeah great shout prototype i forgot that exists i could even see the the um the, the game the cover, cover. yeah, yeah. yeah. The cover he had a hoodie well. did he or he does yeah. he has like arm... a leather jacket with a gray hoodie yes yeah, yeah. Oh. he had like a weirdish arm that kind of got really wide like it was a shield or something uh it was a blade but yeah. i think yeah. he used it as a, well, it might have been actually a shield as well later money abilities i'm sure yeah. yeah but one of the main thing was like this big not a buster sword but a big massive blade out of his arm and that was like the the main look but you could change it to like as i said wolverine claws big mm -hmm. boulder fists or there might have been like a shield kind of thing i'm not mm -hmm. actually a thousand percent sure all that. all a hell of a lot of fun yeah. my my next most addictive game is one that i'm a little bit ashamed of now because i i don't enjoy the franchise now at all uh, but recently i was looking at my i was just curious as to what was my most played um Video game, like hours wise. Now, in terms of, I know for a fact, like Final Fantasy series, I've played for way more hours, or the Monster Hunter series as a whole, I've played for way more hours. But from a single game perspective, the most hours I've put into a single game, according to my PlayStation, is FIFA 13. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, so, all right, I'll, I'll set the scene for you guys, right? The year is 2013. I've been a football. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's the right year. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> So the year's 2013, and I have I've been uh, a, a, a good proper football fan for about two years, and I'm riding the wave of Wigan Athletic in 2013, right? You know, the underdog, uh, getting relegated from the Premier League most likely, but for some reason, in comes the FA Cup. You know, for all the football listeners out there listening, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> yeah, yeah, the FA Cup. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, appreciate it. But there they were, climbing through the FA Cup, and they go on to beat Manchester City. I think the team that won the Premier League that year, they beat them against all odds to win the FA Cup. And they, they did it for the owner of the club who missed his opportunity when he was a former player because he broke his leg in the semi-final and couldn't play in the final. So it was this big, like, Hollywood story. You couldn't have written this shit, you know. They, and I was, I was on cloud nine and I was like, oh, I'm getting the FIFA. I think I'd played a little bit of FIFA 10, 11, 12, maybe a little bit. But FIFA 13, I was like, yeah, I'm playing the shit of this game. And 
lots of people play FIFA for the online aspect of it, to go online and to build your ultimate team, and then to, which is players from everywhere, and then play against other people online. I, I was all about the career mode, just me playing by myself. Because mm -hmm. I created a manager called Darren Wade. You're damn right I'm managing Wigan. <laughs> and I had this bonus. You could, you could get these bonus with like points that you had. And I had accumulated these EA points from previous EA games or EA, FIFA games. And I bought a, or I, I purchased a, fin a financial takeover. Because Wigan's a shit team with no money. But with the financial <laughs> takeover, I had all the money to, to buy all the players I wanted. So I went back and I looked for all the players through like Wigan's history, you know, like who, who, who used to play for Wigan and then were now in better teams. And I bought them back and I created mm -hmm. the ultimate Wigan team. And I played that game. So, like, each season is that takes place over years. So you're only kind of really meant to play the career mode for a year because the next FIFA games come out by the time you finish that. I didn't get 14 or 15 or 16. I just played FIFA 13 and I got them to the Premier League. I got them mid-table Premier League. Next year, top four. Next year, Champions League. I was like, wow, this is the, the, the greatest Wigan team that's ever existed. And when I look at the hours spent on that game, and I was like... I was an idiot because they're not good <laughs> games. They're not good games now. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't dare put that kind of time into a, a FIFA game now. But back then, it's I was, because you didn't buy 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I realized so there's no need. So your time should have been split through multiple games, but it's not. It's, it's all, all, the one, all on 13. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which is I, beating the system, so that's fine. I paid a lot less money to EA yeah, than, than they wanted from me. Yeah, but it was, um, and it has a loop whereby you know when you're on the career mode map. Uh, you press X to go through the calendar until your next either training day or match day. Yeah. And matches were only like four minutes a half. So I you know, like that to be half 11, 12. I'm like, match is only eight minutes. I'll do a match. But then I go and do a match. Then I do train with people. Then I go into the transfer window. Then I'm buying a couple of players. I'm like, oh, match is only eight minutes. I go do another match and another match. And it's 2 a.m. And it's 3 a.m. I'm like, match is only eight minutes. So I got hooked on this like, I'll just keep playing matches, but it was a really addictive thing whereby, you know, every time I did the calendar, I was like, oh, but if I do this one more match, it'll get me one, one step closer to playing in, in that cup match that I really want to play in. And it just never ended. And that game took me over. I used to go with um, Mid Danny, who I play all the Mario games with. I used to go over to his then as well and try and convince him to play a two player with me on my campaign. I was like, oh, you play a two player, you can be on my Wigan team. He was like, fuck Wigan. Man. Yeah, and I was like, in the match yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, put me down. But yeah, I wouldn't play FIFA now, wouldn't go near it, but definitely one of the most addictive games I would have played in my life. It's got a crazy mm -hmm. amount of errors considering I do not like the series at all now. I'm sure you're not alone with that. There's a lot of people that would still buy it religiously, but um, there was always that big debate back in the day. Like I remember the first football game uh, we ever had, uh, we by proxy, uh, was on the N64 and it was ISS, International Superstar, Superstar Soccer, Soccer 98. <laughs> um, yes. But, you know, then going on from that, you always had FIFA and Pro Evolution. So yeah. uh, I think FIFA had real names and Pro Evolution had people like uh, David Deckham and yeah. like yeah, Paul yeah. Scherer and shit like well, that. Pro Evo yeah. had the skills and FIFA just had the name. Yeah. Like, for years, FIFA was rubbish. Like, you know? mm. Yeah. And so, I, I would say still is. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, I did have a very soft spot for FIFA 13 as well because, you know, we have the same group of friends. We play the same games. Uh I didn't have Wigan and I didn't have like a nice story about like that. But at the time, I think I had gone to Thailand in 2014 and we met this mad bastard over there from Burnley and he was just his massive Burnley football fan. So Sweet. from that, anytime I played FIFA 13, <laughs> so I'd be playing Burnley. Burnley yeah. and I'm like, 
Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, Save it for the football podcast, lads. Yeah. No, right. okay. There, okay, Craig, we're done. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that love FIFA games, and they are shouting at the phone or whatever they're listening to this on, just being like, talk about the good football game, you fucking yeah, idiots. Yeah, why, why 13, you monsters? And why yeah. Wigan and Burnley? But don't worry, Craig, we're finished. Kev Purcell would appreciate this conversation. Yes, yeah. so, I was thinking of Kev when I was like, I know there's people out there that enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, 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 he'd enjoy the FIFA game. Uh, so we're kind of, we're, we're running short on time, but we'll go around the table once more. A little quick run around for like you know give us your 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 high points of another game that you thought was all right another one and i'm just gonna say it because it will be quick because you guys are probably say it too but stardew valley (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because they did it on purpose where the only way to save the game is to complete a day so that as soon as you hit save the next day starts and you're always just like well i have to go outside and just see if the crops are ready you know like (laughs) so like they have you by like the way the game like if you could just save and then quit you could turn it off anytime you want, but you always save before everything great happens, you know, mm. <laughs> because of the turning of a day, you know, there could be a, like a new place you can go or the crops are ready or your fucking uh, pink, uh, your fucking uh, pickaxe is ready from gusts or whatever. Like it was so exciting to turn to the next day yeah. that you could never stop there, but you had to stop there. So the developer had us fucked. Like, you know, I mean, it had to exactly them. what he was doing to keep us playing. Because you, you, you two only played through that again recently enough, didn't you? Yeah. As well, yeah. Yeah, I got Tori into it as well, and Tori got Aaron into it. Aaron is our uh, Patreon listener. So, Aaron, there's a shout out to you, sir. Also to Leo, because Leo's pretty awesome too you already got a shout out at the start. yeah i know but we're talking two about shout outs on Jesus. so i what about the rest of the patreon listener. <laughs> well they'll have to join up before they can have shout outs that's true that's uh, true but by proxy i got aaron into stardew valley well <laughs> i i thank you color and i'm sure aaron thinks you as well but it is it is such a sweet and it's such a sweet game in yeah. terms of it's one of my favorite things to do sometimes would be especially when it was lashing rain was to go up to the lake in the kind of the north uh, eastern section by the mines, by yeah. the mines. and when, when it was lashing rain and I'd throw a fishing rod into the lake and stand there listen to the frog noises and the gentle like just Abigail chill music would come along and start playing her little flute yeah. you know yeah. it was just <laughs> she's a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> hey just... I knew exactly where she was when it rains that's where she goes so, that's kind of stalkerish <laughs> We're married now. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, Stardew Valley has to be up there with, with addictive. I mean, like I think gameplay loop wise, it's probably one of the most efficient to get people just to continuously yeah. play it. Yeah. I don't know why I thought of this, but specifically for Stardew Valley, I was trying to think of a way to like summarize the game loop with Fs. Uh, I was just kind of like trying to like write them down earlier just to kind of get an idea of them. And most of them I could do with an F, like just a gameplay loop. But I have had to get inventive with some of them. Okay. So What's this F thing? What are you well, talking about with Fs first? He's, he's I'll, just, I'll give you a go. So yeah. within the gameplay loop of Stardew Valley, and I don't know why I wrote this. So I was just, <laughs> I'm just so in my excited. own world. I might have been a little bit... Um, um what is it when you're like you know so tired delirious Delirious, a little bit of delirium (laughs) um so yeah i was writing this out and i was like all right i've got this and a lot of them were just coming together so i was like okay uh fishing finding ore fighting farming foraging friendships fairs and festivals that's that's beautiful (laughs) did you just name a couple of f's and then just go i wonder if i can make every word have an f that is exactly (laughs) what happened (laughs) my favorite one is finding ore i was like how am i gonna say mining i was like mining ore oh thank you for that that was beautiful i love that so that's the gameplay loop if you were curious (laughs) that's all you need to know about stardew valley um is there any other ones that you want to throw in colin before we call it a i i do have some uh there but 
while we were talking about it, I don't know why uh, I never even considered it, but it came to me while you were describing uh, your like game addiction. And I was just like, you know what? Here's one for me. And it went hand in hand with just liking what I was doing, a little bit of pre-drinking, you know, like something to do before oh, you go on the night is. out. Mm. And the game in question, Craig does know what it is. And it goes for most of the games in the series. But I'm going to name this one specifically because party-wise, it was the best. And that was Guitar Hero World Tour. Nice, a uh, fine choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was an absolute banger of a game. Like uh, the the third one was really difficult. That's my favorite. One, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this one was so much more accessible. Like you could play on hard using all the buttons, and you wouldn't get destroyed. Yeah, you know, like Expert was a different thing altogether. And world Tour was the one that introduced the drums. And, uh, I think that might oh, be rock, rock band. band. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, so that you could do the bass and stuff like that, and later games all had it. But one thing that I think was that game, possibly a later iteration, had was the parody mode, and it was that game was Guitar Hero Five because yeah. it would make the, the crazy noises if you made a mistake, so yeah. you could actually listen to the song. You know, yeah. it was because if you were playing and you weren't like great, like it would be incomprehensible like the actual songs like, not, you know not yeah. even just the bad sound of it but if you fucked up enough eventually the game would just end because you're like you suck get off the stage and, and try again you. and your self esteem is destroyed so you couldn't yeah. practice you know so yeah if you wanted to play like like if you're playing with a few people and you weren't confident enough to do hard you had to do medium or like the easy one you're like okay I can nail this but if I play harder I'm gonna lose for everybody yeah. whereas then Guitar Hero 5 brought in the party mode which just meant that like you can suck all you want this game's going and you know and you're, no, yeah. you're, you're just not only that, like, i could be playing and he could walk in and just pick up his pick up another controller and play with me mid-song yeah like that that feature just changed everything one of my and yet the, the game didn't survive much longer i think guitar of five might have been the last oh, one, i think was it was it? yeah yeah, yeah. It, which it, is crazy it was great the whole thing died a death yeah i just wonder is there a market for it now but speaking of guitar hero or, or like rock band which is the one i remember the best and i'll i'll, I'll never like our friend Danny, his parents had the patience of saints because we used to get into his like two, three times a week back when we had like the, the usual crew and we'd get rock band out and we'd have the two guitars, <laughs> the drums and the <laughs> microphone and we'd be in the living room, right? I don't know if you remember, like, but the, when you were hitting the bass drum on the, on the drum set, it was a real like, you'd hear it like a thud, 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 you know, in no matter but what like room. like you're hitting house. plastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's but just it's really not annoying. Even, it's not even that noise, but I would, I would get in there to do like Reptilia by the Strokes or like Ballroom Blitz and I would like sing my heart out at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday <laughs> night and his parents never bat an eyelid and I'd be like Jesus Christ like what patience they had because we did that all the time yeah, in his yeah. gap great choice great we choice say, I need we always needed a few beers before we were able to like take the mic it really helped with the whole pre-drink situation because we were like alright two of us are on guitar I only have the two guitars here do you want the mic he's like oh fuck no like, give me I, a couple I, more beers a couple of shots and I'll, I'll yeah. give it a shot yeah god that was yeah the, the singing that was was so much fun but fuck me yeah I, I don't know how they, they put up with us at all I think I'm just going to have a quick look here I think to finish it off I'll put one I'm kind of torn here but I think I'll leave it to another episode because myself and Kev Brennan do want to talk about it which is Civ 6 uh, a brief little piece on it is that Civ 6 has the exact same thing you talked about in Stardew Valley whereby when you end a turn there's lots of new things ready on your next turn. Mm -hmm. And the game very cheekily 
when you save or pick quit, it asks, are you sure you don't want to take just one more turn? Say <laughs> one more turn. I, I think so, yeah. Bastards. I know. And I always, I always say to the screen, like, it's never one turn, though, Siv. You know that. So that had a, a, a crazy addictive game loop. But, like, me and Kev Brennan definitely want to do a whole breakdown because uh, from a strategy perspective, mm -hmm. um, it's so in-depth and I love it. But what I will put down is because it's a, it's a game I got lot, like, like, like mentally got lost in. One of my favorite games of all time, Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. That was a game I could never, like that, playing it. And especially, I went back to, to replay it during lockdown when there was nothing going on and I could just live in the Wild West instead of living in the, the, mm -hmm. the horrible reality that was COVID times. But just, you know, and, and I did all this, the collectible stuff. That's what was so, so addictive for me. I was like, I'm going to find all the little hides and bits and pieces I need to get the satchel just this like, this little mm. hunter's satchel and then i can wear that and i'll look great <laughs> <laughs> but i used to go into that and it, because the world was so well lived in mm. even if i was just walking around doing these kind of benign tasks these really boring things stuff would still always happen around me that was very exciting and inviting and just enjoyable that i modern day because that only came out a couple of years ago but modern day that was one of the games i found the hardest to put down like in my old, I mean, like, again, it helped replaying it during COVID because I had so much more time. But anytime I picked up that game, I was like, you sure you want to do this, Darren? Because mm -hmm. we both know what's happening here, you know? And I'd never, you know, you know, we'll know from playing it, but chapter one to chapter three, everything's so happy. Yeah, so nice. So yeah. nice Everyone's and enjoyable. So jolly. So Why can't I, games just stay at that but that's, atmosphere? But that's what I did. I got to chapter three or chapter two, I think, has my favorite campsite in the game. And I never, I didn't do anything else in the story until I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to suck up everything this part of the open world has to offer me before I move on. Because mm -hmm. the campsite's happy. Everybody's singing and getting along. I'm making friends with everybody. Lenny! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like just walking into Valentine and just like checking out the saloons. And I think I was, there's a time when it made me realize just how impressive um, game creation can be, especially by Rockstar. Like that game is a work of art. In terms of the, it was the time I actually stopped and would follow NPCs just to see what they did and how much they would do before the loop would start again. And sometimes I was like, "Fuck!" Like I'm watching, I'm following this guy for like 10, 15 minutes. Jesus, this dude, what like, a waste walk, of time! Like walking in the back. <laughs> but just really interesting to be like, someone program, like they've programmed all this, and like if you were just running through the game doing the main storyline you never see any of it one of the things i found most impressive was the campsite stuff mm, like yeah, you, big you, time. you'd be there for conversations and sing songs and parties that you don't have to be it there it felt for. very organic yeah like mm. it was like it could just happen at any moment and you could miss it and i used to love walking like i'd come back after like i've got like you know all these hides on the back of my horse back from a, a hard day of hunting random shit whatever and i come back and i can see in the camp a party's starting and there's a few crates of beer around the place mm -hmm. so i get arthur i'd pop open a few beers sit down with the campsite and just walk around having the conversations with everybody because you could sit down with individual people mm -hmm. and just press square and listen to what they had to say and i was like oh man i'm just so cool. i'm i'm yeah. living this world you know yeah. oh oh so good well gentlemen i think that'll probably do us for our addictive gaming episode <laughs> yeah well, uh so we're doing a post show after this and I'm going to ask you guys the question. Well, I'll say it now just to encourage people if they want to go on the Patreon, this is what you can expect. The post show today, I'm going to ask you guys the question, is 2023 the best year of gaming? No. Like ever? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a yet. stupid question. Well, you'll, we'll, 
<laughs> we'll get to that. I, I've got I've got good arguments for and against. It's just a question. I'm not. I don't. So you meant ever? Yeah. Well, I meant ever. I've only got like I'm going to ask you about the last ten years or so. But we'll get into the post. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it. Like, you got to pay for that shit, guys. You know. <laughs> um, but listen, uh, Colin, thank you much for thank you very much for joining. Pleasure Craig, to be here. Thank, thank you very you. much for joining. It's a pleasure as always. And for our listeners, uh, yeah, by all means, hop onto the Patreon.com. Especially over the next two weeks, uh, we're going on a break. So if you want to get that extra content, that's where you'll find it. Um, and uh, yeah, until then, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out.